This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This is the AC Report. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Time for our weekly look at one of the most interesting cities in the world. Uh, Monopoly City, America's Playground, Atlantic City, a city that I am quite fond of. And we are very, very pleased to be joined this week by a gentleman that knows the ins and outs of Atlantic City better than anybody. He is the lead writer for Play NJ and a former casino and Atlantic City political reporter for the press of Atlantic City. And recently... He added New Year's Eve Eve honoree to his ever-expanding resume. It is my great pleasure to welcome David Danzis. David, good morning. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Good morning, Frank. And, and that last bit is certainly now the, the best part of my bio, so I'm glad you included that. Thank you very much. <laughs> How did you find your first uh, New Year's Eve Eve? Well, your first New Year's Eve Eve uh, celebrating with my uh, gang, gang of merry men. Absolutely loved it, and, and it was an absolute pleasure to be there. Thank you so much for having us, truly. All right. Well, some big news yesterday out of Atlantic City. I want to pick your brain on a few different things that are happening there. Uh, the developer, Bart Blatstein, the owner of the showboat, who's been on this show before, he broke ground officially on this new water park, which is apparently going to be a $100 million water park. Here was uh, Bart Blatstein at the groundbreaking yesterday. So six years ago, almost to the day, we purchased the showboat. It was a shuttered former casino, as you all know, and it was kind of dark and lonely around here. Uh, Lake County had the largest loss of, of employment of a county in the entire country. Four or five casinos closed, and um, my new friend, Harvey Kesselman, Dr. Kesselman, president of Stockton, Paul me he said, we're jammed up, we've got to buy children. We are guests here, we know we're guests here. And we've carefully put a plan together. We opened the hotel, we hired hundreds of local people. 
Now, uh, out of all the dozens or hundreds of journalists that were there, we've actually managed to find the one that was not there yesterday. David, what's your excuse? Why weren't you there? Yeah, my uh, my nine year old daughter was forced to to quarantine at home because she came in contact with with a COVID positive classmate. So uh, I, I was stuck at home watching it on the computer like you. Well, something I can look forward to as a uh, as a parent. Uh, give me your take on uh, what we saw yesterday and your thoughts on this water park in general. Yeah, I, I don't want to opine too much. Um, I, I'm probably one of uh, I'm probably in the minority of, of people who aren't really super excited about this project. So so I'm going to kind of stick to the facts. And, and as you mentioned, this is a hundred million dollar project. Um, Blatstein says it's going to be over 103,000 square feet indoor water park. So we, we have a year round destination for, for families to come to in Atlantic City. And, and really, I, I did like what he had to say about how this sort of completes or at least complements what he's trying to do at Showbo. And, and he's right. He has done quite a few things at that property, including adding the Lucky Snake Arcade, which is, you know, the largest arcade on the East Coast. He's added some short-stay rentals in there for some permanent residents for people to live there. So th- there have been changes to the showboat. The The catch here is Bart Blatstein himself and his track record in Atlantic City, which, to, to put it kindly, has not been great up to this point. Um, Bart, you know, took over the playground pier across from Caesars Atlantic City a few years ago, famously had a press conference where he said he was going to spend $50 million on upgrading the place. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. It ended up being one of only two places in America where an Apple store got up and left. Um, you know, Bart owns another pier that's directly across from Ocean Casino called the Garden Pier. Um, other than, you know, a, a few random events like outdoor wrestling, absolutely nothing has happened at that property. So there, there's a healthy dose of skepticism in Atlantic City um, of what Mr. Blatstein is doing. And, and uh, you can certainly count me in that camp of, of skeptics. OK, well, so the your your skepticism is not necessarily the project itself. It's the developer behind the project and his track record. Um, a little bit of both. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Frank, I, I'm probably the target demographic for somebody that he's thinking of coming to this right. park. Right. Sure. I have two small children. Uh, I have disposable income. To me, putting a water park steps from the ocean is like bringing sand to the beach. I don't quite understand it. Um, I know a lot of people want to see family-friendly activities in Atlantic City. That's not an idea that I'm on board with. Uh, Quite frankly, I think Atlantic City should be a place for adults. It should be an escape for adults. If I want to take my family to the beach, Wildwood and Ocean City are both a short drive away. I don't think that should be Atlantic City's identity. But again, I'm I'm in the minority here. Well, it's so. going to be very interesting. You uh, you have proven right more often than not uh, in your uh, past prognostication. So we'll see if that comes to fruition here. I hope you're wrong. Uh, let me ask you me about too. the. Me too. Uh, no, I know, and I know you do. I know we would uh, a cheerleader you are for uh, for Atlantic City. Let me ask you about the now former president of the state Senate, Steve Sweeney. We covered at the time what a groundbreaking thing it was for the longest serving legislative leader in New Jersey, a guy who some people said was much more powerful than the governor, for him to be defeated by someone that no one's ever heard of. Now, Steve Sweeney represented South Jersey. What, in your view, is Sweeney's legacy, putting aside what he's done in everything else, every other area, what's his legacy with respect to Atlantic City in general and Atlantic City casinos specifically? 
Yeah, I, I think um, like a lot of politicians in New Jersey, specifically when it comes to Atlantic City, there's there's sort of a, a mixed bag there, right? Um, I think there's been some positives that Sweeney has done for Atlantic City, and there's probably been some questionable decisions, right? Um, I'm one of those people who thinks that the state's involvement in the city government has been an overwhelming positive for Atlantic City. Uh, Steve Sweeney and former Governor Christie were, were hand in hand in making that happen. There's still a lot of people in Atlantic City who see that as the ultimate betrayal and, and uh, uh, you know, taking away their sovereignty, their self-governance was, was just unforgivable to them. So Sweeney's legacy in Atlantic City will certainly be a mixed bag. When it comes to the casinos themselves, there's no question that Steve Sweeney was, was always more of an ally to the casinos um, than, than other legislators in New Jersey. And, and that's partially because of his connections with uh, his childhood friend, George Norcross. And Norcross's law firm and its direct connection to Atlantic City Casino. So there was always a very close symbiotic relationship uh, between all of those parties. So there's absolutely no doubt that Steve's, excuse me, Steve Sweeney's departure um, as Senate president is, is going to have an impact on South Jersey, Atlantic City, and Atlantic City Casinos. The only true question is how quickly will it happen, and and you know, what what will those changes look like? And I think a few of them are going to be coming down the pike very, very shortly. Now, last time, uh, not the last time I saw you, but the time before that, we were in the Borgata, and I think both of us were a little surprised that there was no place that we could uh, have a cigar. There were a lot of restrictions during the height of the pandemic about smoking in bars in Atlantic City casinos. Most of those restrictions seem to have been lifted. You can still have a cigar or a smoke at uh, places like Tropicana, a lot of other places, but uh, Borgata seems to be kind of hit and miss. What is the status? of smoking in casinos these days, and uh, what do you see happening with respect to smoking now that Steve Sweeney is gone? Yeah, smoking in casinos is on life support. Um, just yesterday, um, or yeah, yesterday, the, the new session of the state legislature was sworn in, um, and almost immediately, and this is more of formality, you know, a lot of bills get reintroduced that didn't get passed in the prior session. Um, you know, as as many of us expected, the the bill to ban the indoor smoking loophole for for casinos, um, that bill was reintroduced, and it has local support. Um, you know, uh, State Senator Vince Palestina is one of the co-sponsors of that bill. Um, I fully expect that to be one of the first pieces of action that the state legislature takes up in this legislative session, and I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, we're talking weeks, if not months, uh, smoking in Atlantic City casinos wow. is just going to be done. Wow. Completely I better, done. I better hurry down there if, uh, to enjoy a farewell cigar. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with David Danzis. He's the lead writer for Play NJ. Uh, he does a lot of great coverage when it comes to gambling and Atlantic City in general. Everybody I know, seemingly, David, that lives in New York has opened a legal sports betting account in the last five days. <laughs> on Saturday, mobile sports betting was legalized. People can now bet on sports from their phone all over New York. They don't have to go to a casino or a racetrack or something. They can do it right from their phone. What impact uh, do, do we see this having on Atlantic City? And do we know if there's already been an impact in its first week? Yeah, I, I wrote about this on Play NJ, and, and my colleagues at Play NY have, have done really great work covering this. Um, the impact that we're going to see here in New Jersey is not going to be felt in Atlantic City. I, I want to be really clear about that. 
the impact that we're going to see here is is the state of New Jersey itself and the taxes that are collected from online sports betting and through a you know a ripple effect the taxes that are collected through online casino gaming like I've said before on your show you know we we have estimates from both uh sportsbook operators and industry analysts that roughly between 20 25 maybe as much as 30% of all of the online sports betting action that we've seen in New Jersey which has made the Garden State the undisputed sports betting king in the United States, um, is coming from New Yorkers crossing over state lines to bet here in New Jersey. We're going to lose all of that. Um, and, and we're going to lose not only the handle that goes into the operators and how much money is gambled, but directly the taxes that, that are collected from that. And those taxes fund things like senior services um, on tax rebates and transportation and I mean, it's going to be a real hit to state coffers. It's not going to impact Atlantic City um, at all, to be to be completely honest. And that's because the people that are placing sports bets in Atlantic City in person are not the folks that are doing mobile sports betting elsewhere. Um, there's there's a crossover, um, but but really, Atlantic City casinos. I mean, we're we're so far removed from New York City that you know, if you're coming down to Atlantic City and you're a New York resident. You're going to bet on your phone when you get here. If you're hanging out in the room, you might go down to the desk to go collect your winnings, or maybe you place a bet at the desk before you, the game starts. You go upstairs, you get tired. You're going to collect your winnings on the phone, right? There, there's there's a lot of cross relationship there. So Atlantic City itself is not going to feel the pinch from New York online sports betting going live. It's going to be places like the Meadowland Sportsbook, to a lesser degree Monmouth, uh, Monmouth Park Racetrack, but really it's it's the online sports betting operators themselves. Um, many of whom operate in New York, right? So they're not crying. Um, but it's, like I said, it's the state of New Jersey. It's Trenton politicians. It's the it's the bean counters down there in Trenton now, that are really going to see the difference. There are some politicians, leading politicians here in New York City and the New York City area that are pushing for expansion of full-fledged casino gaming. Here in New uh, York yes. City, we have, uh, we have uh, video lottery terminals. We have electronic table games. But they want to allow the existing uh, casinos that service the New York City area, Aqueduct, uh, Empire City in Yonkers, and maybe mm-hmm. uh, something in Long Island to offer full-fledged Atlantic City or Vegas-style casino gaming. What impact would that have? On Atlantic City's coffers. Now that that is going to have a, a direct impact on Atlantic City casinos, um, and that's just not my opinion. That's people like Jim Allen, who's the chairman of Hard Rock International and CEO of Seminole Gaming. Um, he said, you know, not more than two months ago, that's another twenty-five, maybe thirty percent hit to in-person gambling in Atlantic City. I, I think Mr. Allen's being a little conservative there. I think we're looking more at like thirty, forty percent. And you, you can look as, as far back as 2008 when Pennsylvania legalized gambling. I mean, I'm a North Jersey guy, Northwest Jersey guy. Um, when, when the slot boxes and the Poconos opened, anybody that I knew stopped going to Atlantic City because the 30, 45-minute ride into the Poconos right. it, it was just more convenient. Right. Yes, they're not the same casinos. It's not Atlantic City. It's not the atmosphere and the vibe. But listen, there is no doubt. Uh, that three downstate casinos in New York, full casinos, um, is going to have a serious, serious impact on Atlantic City. And I think the executives know that. They're worried about it. Um, And it might lead to North Jersey casinos, which I know seems counterintuitive, but that might be the only way that Atlantic City casino operators can sort of fight that 
that tailwind that's absolutely coming. Well, in, explain in explain that to folks, meaning the same owners that own the Atlantic City casinos would then own North Jersey casinos? Correct. Absolutely. Um, you know, we see that a lot now in Atlantic City where you have companies like Caesars who operate three of the nine casinos or MGM, which operates Borgata. They, they, they entice customers to come to Atlantic City from other destinations and vice versa, right? They get their core gamblers here in Atlantic City to maybe go visit a property out in Lake Tahoe or go visit uh, National Harbor down in Maryland. And you'll, you'll see the same thing if a North Jersey casino were to open in, say, the Meadowlands, right? If Hard Rock were to get that license, there would be a lot of cross-promotion to get uh, casino players that are coming in from perhaps New York City or North Jersey where there's an affluence and, and a collection of money and get those customers to come down to, to Atlantic City. It, it, would, it would certainly not be a solution. It wouldn't be a, you know, a, something that would solve all of the problems, but it would stop the bleeding a little bit. And I think you might see uh, some some renewed talks about North Jersey casinos, particularly as those three downstate New York uh, casinos, that, that conversation ramps up. And I think we're going to see that pretty soon. Hmm. Uh, I see the Borgata is getting a new president. What's the story here? What do we know about this new president and the transition process? Yeah, I, I don't know too much about him. I, I know uh, one of your other guests, Roger Gross, is, is very familiar with the new gentleman that's coming in. And, and, and again, this is not uncommon for big companies like MGM Resorts to, to change people at the top, right? And sometimes change is needed just for, for the sake of change. Sometimes it's needed because what was there isn't necessarily working. Um, Borgata right now is an interesting property because it's, it's, it's the property in Atlantic City that is most feeling the heat from the success of Hard Rock and the Ocean Casino. And Borgata is not used to having competition in Atlantic City. It's been, you know, the, the top dog uh, for as long as it's been open when it opened in 2003. So I think MGM is sort of looking at Borgata and trying to figure out um, who's the right person to, to sort of regain a little bit of its prominence. Uh, I don't want to misconstrue what I'm saying. Borgata is in no danger of, of not being the top performing casino in Atlantic City, but it used to hold, you know, close to 30, 35, sometimes even 40% of the monthly revenue. Um, and and that, that share of the pie has dropped down to about 25, 26% um, in the last year and a half or so. So that, that property in particular is really feeling the heat of success of other properties. And I think that's really what this change. David, to. Uh, we're going to have to end it there. I could talk with you all day. I can't wait till the next conversation that we have either on the air or off. Uh, keep us posted on everything that's uh, going on down there. People could check out your writings on uh, play NJ or follow you on Twitter at a C Danzis, D A N Z I S. Uh, thanks so much, David. We'll talk soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.